Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. You know that we've been reading through the Bible. We've dedicated as a church that we're going to read the Word of God together, and we've been doing it. 50 plus of us are reading it online uh, through the, the YouVersion Bible app together, and many more are doing that on their own who don't have the app or a smartphone to do it. And, and God is speaking to us, and God is revealing himself to us. But can I also tell you that as we stay faithful in those moments, that we're going to run into some hardships We're going to run into some dry days. We're going to run into some difficult times. We're going to run into some conflict and some confrontation as we are desiring to seek after God and get into his word. We sing about his faithfulness today. And my question for us is sometimes we we don't feel God's faithfulness. Can we be honest? Sometimes... We are, we are doing what we can do, we're seeking Him, we're desiring to grow in His Word, and yet sometimes we feel like it's not working the way we thought it would, and we feel like His faithfulness is not there, even though we sing about it. And we can be very honest to say, God, we believe you're faithful, we're looking at your Word, and we're seeing it's your nature to be faithful, and it's your, it's your nature to be good, and to be loving, and to be kind, but in this moment, I don't feel that way. And so for us, the question would be, as we're reading through Scripture and we're, we're, we're desiring to get uh, deeper into the Word of God and know the, the depths of His love, to know the depths of His compassion and His faithfulness, what happens when we're doing those things and we're not uh, experiencing what we thought we would experience? What are we supposed to do? Well, I'm so grateful that you asked that question. Because in God's word, he, he speaks to us through his word. In fact, uh, last week we had a, a tongues, an interpretation of tongues that said, I will speak to you through my word. I will speak to you, confirmed again, I will speak to you through my word. You want to know God's voice? Read his word. You want to know what God's doing? Read his word. And in those moments, even there are life applications. You're reading stories about people that lived thousands of years ago, and in their story is a life application for you and me. And as we've been reading through Genesis, we finished up with the book of Job last week, and as we're reading through the book of Genesis, and we're reading about the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we see the faithfulness of God and the promises of God. But there's one story in Genesis chapter 26 where we see that God had given the promise and it's, it's passing on to the next generation, but the next generation is experiencing some hardship as, they, as he seeks to follow God's faithfulness and promise. This is in chapter 26 and it's about the story of Isaac. It's about the story of Isaac. And we know a lot, we read a lot, we talk a lot about Abraham, the father of many nations when you were a kid. Father Abraham, remember that? Had many sons. He did the march. Many sons have father. Now all of a sudden you're like, Father Abraham, you know, all this stuff. Turn around. You get dizzy trying to teach kids about faithfulness of God. We sing about Abraham. We know about Jacob who wrestles with God. His name changes to Israel. He's got 12 sons of the 12 tribes. Jacob, awesome. Israel. But oftentimes we skip over Isaac. There's no song about the son Isaac had other sons. No, no one sings that song. 
But there's something about the story of Isaac that in this time that we're in, it speaks directly to our hearts, and we need to take hold of it today. And I believe that the Holy Spirit was preparing our hearts to be open to receive this word. Through the word that Shelley shared, through the word that my mom gave, that, that we have this, this understanding. God is saying, I want you to go a little deeper. There might be resistance right now that you're experiencing or that you will experience as trying to stop you, but don't stop there. And as we read in Genesis chapter 26, we read about Isaac and God's call to his life. God had said, I will, I, I, will, I will make you a prosperous nation. The same promise he gave to Abraham, he gives to Isaac. And yet in chapter 26, we see some issues where Isaac is trying to hold on to the promise of God. And yet he is facing some difficulties. And he is questioning, do I give up? Do I walk away? Do I just settle and say, this is just how it's going to be, I guess? Or does he do something else? In chapter 26, we see Isaac, the son of the promise, son of Abraham, receives the promises of God, and yet he's trying to hold on to them in the middle of a famine, in the middle of a dry place. Chapter 26, starting in verse 1, says this, Now there was a famine in the land. Listen to this. Besides the previous famine of Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, in Gerar. What's interesting about this, it, it had to designate when, it, when they're telling us the story of Abraham and Isaac that this, there's a famine in the land, but it's not, like, it's not the same famine that it was that you read a, a couple chapters ago. This is a different famine. And if you know the story, and we'll continue to read through Genesis, you'll read about, uh, about Joseph, the son of Jacob, who uh, God sends down, spoiler alert, sends to Egypt, and he, he uh, makes sure that they have enough in their storehouses to take care of the nations around them because there's a severe famine in the land. And there's something that points out to us as we are reading Scripture and as we are followers of Jesus wanting to pursue after Jesus and know Jesus, that there's a little hint here that I made up our first point if you're taking notes. And the first point is this. There are famines even in the will of God. There are dry times even in the will of God. And that's hopefully an encouragement to some of us because maybe you're going through some difficulty right now. Maybe you feel like you're in a dry place right now. Maybe you feel like you're in a famine where nothing's growing even though you're sowing. And you're wondering if God is still with you or you've missed him somewhere. Can I tell you that even in the will of God, you're going to experience some dry times and some points of famine in your life. Points of hunger where you're saying, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I hunger for God, but I feel like I... I'm not being filled. And there's a promise. You says those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. But I don't feel like I'm being filled. What's wrong? You might be in a dry place. You might be in a famine situation. There might be a lack somewhere. In Old Testament and even now when there's famines in our world, it's because there's a lack of water. There's a lack of, of, of life flowing. But just because there's a, there's a lack and there's a famine happening doesn't mean that you're necessarily out of the will of God, even though you're experiencing hard times and difficult seasons. You might be actually right where God wants you to be. Verse 2 says this, The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Don't leave this dry place. Isn't that interesting? God tells him, don't, don't leave. It might be difficult. It might be hard. You might want to jump ship, but don't. 
says, don't go down to Egypt. What does Egypt represent? A, a place of ease, a place of comfort, greener pastures. It's always greener on the other side. There, people would, when they would have hard times, the nation of Israel oftentimes would look to Egypt and say, maybe we can go there. Maybe we can run there. Maybe our provision is there. Maybe our protection is there. And God's saying, don't look anywhere else. Just like we received from tongues and interpretation. Don't look to the right, to the left. Don't look to your brother and sister see what they're doing. You look to me. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your focus on me. God says to Isaac, don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay here. Stay planted. Stay in this land for a while. And I'll be with you. And I'll bless you. God is maybe saying so to some of us today, even though in your dry times, stay with me. I'll be with you. And I'll bless you. Stay with me, stay focused, stay determined. For to you and your descendants I'll give all these lands and I will confirm the oath I swore to your father. Even in the midst of this dry place, even in the midst of this hardship, stay with me, stay focused, don't give up. Don't, don't look to the right, don't look to the left, don't trust in yourself, don't trust your feelings and your emotions more than you trust my word and my promise. But verse 4 says this, and I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I'll give, you, I'll give them these lands. And through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All the nations of the earth will be blessed. See, God is telling Isaac, I know it's dry. I know it's desolate. I know things aren't growing right now the way that you wish they would grow. I know that you're saying, man, I'm, I'm sowing in, and I'm sowing in, but I'm not reaping. Am I ever going to get a harvest? Are these things going to grow or not? God says, I know, this. I know that what it's like. I know where you're at. I know it's hard. I know it might be painful, but you got to trust me because I'm going to bless you if you'll stay faithful, if you'll hang on. Point one is this. There are famine even in the will of God. Point two. But perseverance helps you hold on to the promise. Perseverance helps you hold on to the promise. We are, we are a microwave generation and a microwave people. 30 seconds, let's go. One minute brown rice. Come on, let's go. And it better taste just as good as if I made it on the stovetop. I want it now, I want it now, I want it now. We don't know how to persevere. Don't leave my text message on red. Respond. Respond. What are they doing? They must have died. They must have died. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to persevere. But God is saying, perhaps in the hardship, I'm trying to teach you something. Hold on. Persevere. It'll help you hold on to the promise. It'll help you receive the promise of God. Galatians Chapter 6, verse 9, Paul reiterates this to the church in, in Galatia as he writes to them, And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? And I, I'm a, uh, there's a story I'm going to share right now that I didn't share in first service, but uh, Faith has agreed to allow me to build a home gym in our garage. I have a lot of hopes of a better tomorrow. First day we got it set up, I had my, my dear friend, who's also a neighbor, Dave Hogg, who's a pastor of the Well Madeira. If you're watching, Dave, you're probably not because you're preaching. I don't know why I would think you're watching. He comes over, he's also a CrossFit coach. I say, hey, let's work out, man. He's like, all right. 
What do you want to do? I said, I don't know. You're the coach. You tell me. So he's like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. I'm like, all right, it's going to be great. Let's just work out for like 20 minutes as fast as and as hard as we can. I said, okay. So we're doing these exercises called thrusters where you have front weights. You're doing like a front squat, and we got to thrust it up over your head. After the second round, I said, this is the worst idea that we could have ever made. He looks to me, and he says, I'm glad I live in a single story. I'm, I'm sorry that you live in a two-story. You'll never be able to climb your stairs. And so we did that on Friday. Saturday, I'm having a hard time walking. Even now, there's a limp in my walk. And I'm thinking, is this worth it? I hope I'm going to reap the benefits of that exercise. I don't know yet. It's painful. But I have a belief that if I'll, if I'll stay faithful and I'll stay consistent, that there will be something greater on the other side of my pain. And we can, we can believe that in exercise, but for some reason we don't believe it in the spirit. Why is that? Why is that when we, we do some heavy lifting, we get a little sore, we get a little, it's a little painful, and we think, oh, this is not working. Perhaps it's the soreness that tells us something is actually working. Perhaps it's the hardship and the struggle that reveals to us it's actually something going on here that's going to benefit us on the other side of it if we'll stay consistent. And be persistent. Perhaps there's some, some faithfulness that we need to hold on to in the season. So that we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. See, I'm glad that Isaac didn't ignore the Lord. And go down to Egypt and say, you know what, I can't handle this. Nothing's growing. We, we've got no water. There's nothing here. I'm glad that he said, look, okay, if God wants me to be here, then there, there's got to be something here for me. There's got to be some way for me to stay even in the midst of a famine. There's got to be something here. The question we're all asking, and I hope that you're asking, is how did Isaac stay committed and faithful in the middle of a famine? Well, Scripture tells us he planted seed and he dug wells. He planted seed and he dug wells to get to where the water was. Verse 18 says this, Isaac, Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in, the, dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. See, his father Abraham had survived the famine that he went through by digging wells, and Isaac would survive by, by mimicking what his father did. It's interesting that Scripture tells us that the Philistines came in and stopped up the wells because in Scripture, all throughout Scripture, the Philistines had always been uh, the picture of the enemy against God's people. You read about it when you read about David and Goliath. Goliath was a Philistine. So the Philistines are a, a, a shadow, an archetype of the enemy against the people of God. And the enemy of the people of God, the Philistines in this story, stopped up the wells that would help Isaac remain in the land and remain faithful to God's promise. And in the same way, the enemy of our souls wants us to stop, or wants to stop us from also experiencing the living waters that God has given to us. Wanting us to not know that there, even there is provision from God, even in the midst of our famines even in the midst of our hardships, that there is something beneath the surface if we are willing to dig a little deeper. 
perhaps that God has said, I know it's dry and weary and lonely and painful here, but if you will dig a little deeper, I've got something for you just below the surface. But the enemy would say, if it's not instant, you, you took your shovel, you thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe there's something beneath the surface. You took your shovel, did one. It's still dirt. It must not be true. God would say, no, keep digging. Go deeper, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. And Isaac said, my father went through famines. He went through hardships. He dug wells and he stayed in the land. Maybe I, in my hardship, can dig, some, dig these wells up again and be able to remain in the land. See, we learn a lot as we read scripture and it speaks to us. And we can look to our fathers, maybe, maybe not your earthly father, maybe your earthly father didn't know the Lord, didn't show you examples of what it means to stay persistent as you walk with Christ, but we have church, early church fathers who demonstrated through scripture. And even as we read Paul and we read the New Testament church, we see what they did to stay consistent in the middle of their famines and things that we read about that we encourage everyone to do is to pray is to fast, is to worship, is to meditate on God's word, is to be generous even in your lack and to, to serve when you feel like you can't. And these are the ways that, uh, that as we're going through hardships, these are the, the wells that God has provided and said, if you'll seek me, you'll find me. How do we seek him? We pray. Well, I've been praying and it just, I, I'm, I'm digging dirt, I'm trying to go deeper and I haven't hit it yet. Don't give up. You might be one shovel full away from experiencing the life-giving water in your prayer time. Because your prayer time might feel dry, it might feel arid, it might feel tedious, but God says, keep pursuing, keep digging, you'll find me. Maybe as you're reading scripture and you're devoted and you've been reading now for 24 days in the word every day and you're saying, I'm reading God's word, I'm reading it, but I don't understand it. I'm, I'm not really feeling the life flow right now and how do people do this and how do people stay consistent? Maybe, I can I tell you that you're just maybe a shovel full away from hitting the life-giving water that's there for you today. If you would not give up and stay consistent and persistent. Maybe. Maybe there are things in you that you need to do. Maybe these are the wells that you've been digging and you're, you feel like maybe is there life there yet? Or maybe God is saying, I want you to dig new wells, new wells of fasting, new wells of prayer, new wells of serving. Because these wells God has there just below the surface to help you stay faithful in the middle of your famines. See, point three is this. We must dig a little deeper so we can hang on. We've got to dig deep to hold on. What does it mean? It means that we have to stay consistent in dedicating our time, especially in the midst of hardship, especially in the midst of difficult times, especially in the face of opposition, to keep digging deep, setting time to pray, to worship, to fast, to give, to serve, to meditate on God's word. Because these are the wells that will sustain us in the middle of our hardship and will help us remember God's faithfulness and that his presence is always with us. 
These things don't invoke God's presence. No, they help us understand that he's there so that we stop believing the lie of the enemy that we've been abandoned when we go through hard times. But here's interesting. Here's what's interesting. Is that as we, as we dig deep wells to pursue after God, don't think it's, it's going to come without challenge. Don't think that it's going to be easy. I'm just digging, I'm just digging holes, and, and it's easy, and there's no hardship, and there's no attack, and everyone's for me, and no one's against me. That's not what we see in Scripture. We see, in fact, God's Word makes it very clear to us that the enemy does not want us to dig wells of prayer and of worship and meditating on God's Word and giving and fasting and serving. He doesn't want us to do that. So, in fact, we see it. That's why I love reading Scripture. It helps us see the truths about God. His faithfulness to us, even in the middle of our famines, God provides for us. But even in our pursuit of of receiving what God has for us, we have an enemy that wants to stop us. And in verse 20 of chapter 26, we see Isaac, he digs a well. And as he digs, the, the Bible tells us that after he had it dug and water starts flowing up, all of a sudden these enemies, these Philistines and these other herdsmen come and rush up and they start fighting at the well over the water saying, that's our water. This place belongs to us. It doesn't belong to you. So he names it Essek, meaning conflict. Saying, man, I try to dig a well. And as I began to experience some water flowing, all of a sudden there was conflict and confrontation all around me. Maybe that's you this morning, that you've devoted some time for prayer or for reading God's word. But as you've tried to stay consistent, all of a sudden conflict comes out of nowhere. Conflict comes in your family, comes in your marriage, comes with your friends, comes with co-workers. You think, I'm just, what? Here I am trying to be faithful. Here I am trying to follow God and trying to read his word. And man, people are just getting all of my business. I got so much conflict. I'm trying to dig wells and they're trying to fight me. So he moves on. Isaac moves on. Verse 21 says he starts to, he digs another well. So you know what? Okay, I'll go do another one. He says, because I'm trying to be consistent. I'm trying to stay in the land. I'm trying to hold on to this promise. I'm trying to be faithful. He digs another well. He names it Sitna because as he, as he digs it, there's another fight that breaks out. Sitna means hatred or hostility. All of a sudden, he's trying. He's trying to dig these deeper wells. He's trying to stay faithful. And as he does it, hatred comes at him. Hostility comes at him. Now he's under attack. They're trying to attack him personally. Maybe you feel under attack today. That as you're trying to go deeper into the things of God and deeper into his love and deeper into his word, All of a sudden, you've got friends that don't want to be your friends anymore. All of a sudden, you've got people trying to to come against you. All of a sudden, you're having financial issues and worries that you didn't have previously. And you're thinking, wait, is there some type of correlation here? I'm trying to pursue God. And as I'm doing it, all I'm getting is hostility and hatred. But God, through his word, reveals to us what he does and how he does it. Because after verse 21 comes verse 22, and Isaac decides, I'm going to dig one more well. I'm going to try one more time. I'm not going to give up. God said he's faithful. God said stay. 
God said, I have a promise for you. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to dig one more well. And as he digs that well, he says, verse 22, he called it Rehoboth, saying, for now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Rehoboth means open space or open place. See, I believe that God is granting us in this new year, 2021, that if we'll dig deep, that if we'll dig deeper into his word, deeper in prayer, deeper in, in love for him, and we don't give up, that he'll open up a space for us. He'll open up our lives to, the, to receive the promises that he's given us and begin to see the growth that we so longingly for. And saying, God, I want fruit. God, I want to see people saved. God, I want to see my family come to you. God, I want to see my neighbors come to you. God, I want to see revival in our city. God, I want to see people turn their lives around. I want chains to be broken. I want drug addiction to be broken off people. But God, I'm not seeing that fruit. But God would say, would you dig another well? Are you willing to dig a little deeper? Are you willing to persevere? Are you willing to hold on? Can you do it? Will you do it? God is saying, I want there to be another spot where you dig again, because I believe you can bear fruit even in your family. I believe that you can bear fruit even in the dry places. God says, I want to create an open space for you. Some of you are feeling stifled. Some of you are feeling choked up. Some of you are feeling like everything is compressing on you more and more and more. And God is saying, dig another well. Dig another well. Dig another well. Let me open heaven over you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't walk away. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends and help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting